get no sleep. Baby, up all night. We're live. Hey, how you doing? You don't want to keep singing for everybody? All right, that's enough. Welcome back to episode 12 of the Demand Better podcast, where we will be discussing all things sleep. For those of you who don't know what we stand for, what our mission is, is we want to be your consumer reports and all things in the health and fitness space. That's why we bring you the best. So joining me today is from Superior, Colorado. Dr. Bo, and from Detroit, the loving, the superstar, anchor, slash, reported, WXYZ, for us, Javed. Welcome back. How's it going, Bo, as you're playing with the dog in Superior, Colorado? Everything's good. Gritty, gritty. Excited to talk about sleep. We just did the quick version, and now we're doing the in-depth version, so hopefully... uh Folks get a lot out of this. Uh, big passion of mine. Something I've been I've been researching, studying for a very very long time. My Instagram handle back when Instagram came out used to be Sleep Doctor. So uh, yeah, I worked with a few few a mattress company, Reverie. That uh, I'm excited to to share all that knowledge I've accumulated over the years. I've read way too many books, too many podcasts on sleep. So here we go. And now that handle is FitCare3030. And that's, that's not what it is. That's not it? That's that's on Instagram. It says Fit Care 30, 30, 30. But that's still not the handle. That's just what the display Dr. name is. Dr. Bo knows. Close. Still not Dr. the right Bo. one. Bo Dr. Bo Babenko, my full name. Okay. I messed Close that enough. up. Close but I'm sorry. I was just trying to promote you, buddy. I appreciate Perez, it. Perez, what's up, man? What's going on in Detroit? Other than the Tigers <laughs> losing to the – or beating the Yankees last night. Yeah. yeah. Well, the weather's getting better, so that's the big thing. <laughs> it's getting warm. And, Corona, I just want to say for the record, Bo never got me a discount on the mattresses. He used to work for a mattress company. I asked for a discount. He never got me one. Not a team player. There's no I in team. <laughs> when, when, was that in Dubai? <laughs> it's hard to ship those mattresses to Dubai, my friend. If you had the, you should at least the offer. If it couldn't have happened, at least that's you offered. That's it. It's the thought that counts. That's all we're talking about. All right, guys. So, <laughs> Bo, you okay? No, no, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> well, let, we just did that as we we spoke earlier. We just did the five big takeaways. Let's discuss sleep, fellas. Bo, take it away. That's that's the cue up you're giving me. Well, we already did. We already did our five big takeaways. Why don't we start? Okay, we'll start off with circadian rhythm. Our first takeaway that we had from our earlier podcast. Okay, that's that's good. Uh, so circadian rhythm, we talked about, and we'll we'll kind of do a rehashing and a, and a more in depth version here today. Circadian, I put it on the bottom as circa DN, and actually, I was I was very familiar with this concept for a long time, and it took me listening to a random podcast where they broke down the fact that. Circa, so if you've ever heard that term of like circa 1900, meaning approximately, and DN, a day. So it's about a day. So the idea is that our circadian rhythm, which is what really prioritizes and, and sets our body's clock, uh, is what ultimately will uh, incorporate our day, our, our day versus night rhythms. So as the sun comes up and as the uh, darkness comes into our life, uh, these are things that should be monitoring our ability to sleep a fascinating couple studies that i'll bring up real quick is one uh when you eliminate folks understanding and access to sunlight and or darkness and you're just in one constant setting and this happens very uh north uh latitudes 
yes, latitudes, not longitudes. Uh, so I, I visited Iceland at a time when uh, they had 24 hours of sunlight. So when there's something like that going on, how do you know when to go to sleep? Uh, and, and if you do that, and they've done experiments where they put somebody in a cave and things like that, where there is no change in uh, light. And so our bodies will naturally find this kind of approximate 24-hour rhythm. Maybe it's a little bit less, maybe it's a little bit more, but it's a fascinating thing that is naturally within us. And the big thing to take away here is if you're not respecting that rhythm and you're disrupting it by staying up way too late into the darkness, uh, that's going to affect your hormones. That's going to affect your ability to stay healthy. The last bit I'll throw in there is one really good way. And here's an action step for everyone to take home is first thing in the morning. If you have access to the sun, get 15 minutes of as much sunlight and it doesn't have to go directly into your eyes, but it needs to go, you know, you need to be exposed to it. You need to kind of bathe in the sunshine. So, and if you don't have that, if you are in one of those environments where uh, sun is not very predominant, you can get one of these kind of lamps that will create 10,000, 20,000 LUX. And I think Faraz and I talked about this at some point uh, that I recommended to you. And so that will create and kind of bathe you with artificial LUX, but your body will still recognize it as something to set up your rhythm. So what do you guys think? Where you at? Any of those takeaways? Go ahead, Faraz. I'll take it right after you. So here's the thing. I think uh, first thing first is I know we all have heard the average sleep that we should be getting is seven to eight hours per day. Now, when it comes to when it comes to getting that sleep, how does age play a role in that? And also, do you think, Bo, it's best to get that uninterrupted eight hours of sleep or can people, um, you know, break it down? Like I know sometimes I, I can't afford to get eight hours of sleep sometimes becomes a luxury sometimes you know like for uh, for people who are practicing ramadan right now they can't get eight hours of sleep um so what, what what are your suggestions on that and ramadan mubarak to you again my friend um <laughs> since you are one of those people practicing uh ramadan so the the ideal is again to be as a setup to the the wake and sleep cycle as possible to have it as consistent as possible Parents, uh, night shift workers, folks observing things like Ramadan absolutely will have difficulties being doing the ideal. We also know we should be exercising 30 minutes a day and, and getting, you know, cardio five times a week. And, and we don't we can't hit all of these ideal metrics. We know sh we should be eating plenty of fruits and vegetables and not eating McDonald's. But, you know, life happens. So there's the ideal. And then when somebody's in this compromised position where they cannot uh, match up to the ideal. The goal is to get it as close as possible, first of all. So do everything you can to make sure all these other things are as lined up as possible. We're going to talk about environment. We're going to talk about tracking your sleep and understanding that if, uh, for you, you're a very active guy for us. So if you are in a state of disrupted recovery and sleep and your nervous system is down, that's the thing we need to look at and then say, hey, maybe you don't go do your Brazilian jiu-jitsu class today or your CrossFit today because your sleep rhythm is off. Um, and if you don't, and if you, if you try to push through that, that's where we're going to see a deeper and deeper hole. It's like being in debt. Um, and the term sleep debt is something we talk about. Uh, so that's a thing that, that, uh, your other part of your question was, can we do something else about it? Like take naps, I think is, is the other part of that. So naps can improve and give us a little bit of a catch up to those disrupted situations. But keep in mind again, uh, something like night shift working 
because it's so antithetical to the way our brains and bodies want to be in this, this light, dark rhythm. It is categorized as a type one carcinogen, meaning you are pretty much at risk of having cancer almost to the effect of, and on the same level of smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. Um, you know, it's a very, very disruptive thing to our bodies. So it's important that we understand what the stresses are in our life and what we can do to mitigate it. So uh, there's the ideal, there's the it depends part of the answer, and there, there's always the way of, of what can we do to improve. We might not be able to get you to the ideal, but what can we do to get you from negative 100 points to maybe closer to, to positive points at some point? Corona, if, I, if you may, can I just ask another question before Absolutely. you Absolutely. Go in? right ahead. Go right so, ahead, my friend. So, Bo, that, that's interesting, but let me ask you this. When, you know, for example, when people go on social media and they see memes about, like, Elon Musk or celebrities promoting, oh, you know, we only sleep four hours a day and we, uh, and we are more productive and we, you know, get a job done and this is what success is all Hus about. You're talking about hustle culture and, like, the Gary yeah, V's yeah, of the world. Yeah. yeah, right. So then, so what are we telling people right now? Are we, are we saying it's only only certain amount of, you know, certain people can function well with limited amount of sleep or is this a hoax? Well, I'm going to let Corona talk about Jennifer Lopez, please, to answer <laughs> that question. Well, what he's trying to say is that if you want to be Jennifer Lopez or you want to look like Jennifer Lopez, you need Jennifer Lopez's gene pool, her parents, her lifestyle, her money. Everybody's individual. And I'm sure that Dr. Bo is going to go into, you know what, Elon Musk, we don't know what he's doing. We have no idea, but you're not Elon Musk. So whatever he does may work for him. And what you can do is you have to find out what works for you. And that is pretty much the whole thing we've been talking about with this demand better, where they're trying to scoop us all in into one big bucket. And then we all can figure out one thing that will work for all of us. Simply not true. Go ahead, Dr. Bo. And, and the, the other term that kind of within your question uh, is, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead is, yeah. is, a, is a term <laughs> that gets thrown out there. And again, it's cute. Um, but A, the, the science is very clear. Less than 0.1% of the population is actually able to thrive on a limited sleep schedule. Um, and, you know, a lack of sleep, again, for most of us is a quick form of torture. Uh, they actually used to do sleep deprivation studies, and they had to stop uh, many years ago because of just how powerfully negative of an impact it had on our mental health, our physiology. Um, without sleep, without any sleep, uh, and with limitations in sleep, mm, again, 99.9% .9 of us, and again, you talk about these Elon Musks, uh, again, they're, they're called the one percenters, but again, they're, they're the 0.00001%, whatever you want to you know, think of it that way, but Yes, the, the reality is genetically, there are a very handful of people who actually can sleep four hours. And maybe you hear about them in, in again, your mainstream media. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, it's just not realistic. And yes, the ideal still stands between seven and eight hours for almost every human on Earth. We all have pretty much the same freaking physiology. And the more diseased, the less healthy you are, the more sleep should be a priority. So again, that's where we talk about this spectrum and we're going to go a little deeper into some of those aspects. Hey, for us, no days off, buddy. No <laughs> days off, period. So I'm going to kind of follow up on that. Um, I got like a little two-part question and one's just being an East Coast person. Daylight savings, how does daylight savings affect us on the East Coast in terms of our circadian rhythm because we have to we, we take the clock and move it back an hour and move it forward an hour because um, a lot of people in the East find that to be very disturbing 
in their sleep cycles. I appreciate as a former New Yorker and lifelong New Yorker, no matter where I live, um, that you're, you're saying it in this very egocentric East Coast, uh, New York, <laughs> the world revolves around us. Um, I think it affects everyone everywhere around the world, except for Arizona, where they don't change the clock. Yeah. Uh, they did have, as, as of this recording, I think the, the Congress might be removing daylight savings yeah. uh, as of next year. So uh, it might be a moot point at, at, at this time. But the, at the end of the day, just like travel, which is something we can talk about, you just need to adapt to it. Um, you know, it's one day a, a, a year. I mean, there's one where you fall back. There's one where you, you skip ahead or whatever the saying is. I already forget. But um, at the end of the day, which is when you go to sleep at the end of the day, which is one of my favorite expressions to, to throw in as a transition, the, the, the answer to your question is you, you just have to adapt to it and be aware of it. And again, if you can and you have the flexibility to change your life, just again, understanding that just like travel. And, and, and I think the travel example is a little more. Uh, applicable because people are more likely to sure. travel now that corona not this corona covid <laughs> corona is is a little bit winding down hopefully uh is if you if you're going to go and change your time zone by three hours so uh you know the daylight savings is only one hour of a change but sure. if you're going to change it by three hours you you should and this is my sleep tip and something i practice as much as i can is the day before or even two days before start to switch and whether you want to do that gradually of a half hour or, or a full hour, or just completely change to that new time zone. So if I'm traveling from California to New York, and I'm and New York is three hours ahead, uh, at 7 p.m. in California, I might want to switch my clock to 10 p.m. and start doing those behaviors that I want to, you know, start getting on that new rhythm, that circadian rhythm. So uh, if we're talking about, I, you know, we talk about caffeine later. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the spoiler alert uh, of I don't drink caffeine after 2 p.m. So if I'm gonna be going from California to New York then I might not have caffeine after 11 a.m. to ad adapt because that's the New York time, right? So, so that's the, the simple, hopefully, answer to, to – to, so, so suck it up, buttercup, basically. Hey, man, I got a question for you. I want to make sure we cover all angles here. Um, the other thing is exercise, how it can benefit and how can it take away from your circadian rhythm. Um, mm -hmm. Go right ahead. Yeah, so it's important to understand. So this is something we didn't go into in our, in our uh, deep our, our quick dive, what we're doing here. So thank you for bringing that up. So cortisol is another major part of this circadian rhythm. Cortisol is your stress hormone. It's your natural Tylenol that your body has inside, but it, it just, it helps you if you get stressed out. Uh, it's the natural thing that gets released in your body to say, hey, calm down, buddy, and, and let's deal with these effects. So you should have a normal uh, cortisol rhythm. And this is one reason you should go outside and get uh, sunlight because that sets your cortisol up. Uh, basically, again, going back to our prehistoric, if you believe in evolution, you know, crazy things. But at the end of the day, uh, if you look at our physiology, the way that when we wake up, our cortisol should be nice and high and at its highest. And then throughout the day, even if we're stressed out, it should start slowing down. The cortisol levels in our body naturally, if we measure it, should start slowing down. And by the end of the night, evening, dinner time, whatever you want to call it, it should be fading down. So to answer your question about exercise, cortisol tends to jump and get way jacked from exercise. That's kind of part of the nature of exercise, which again, exercise is a stressor. We tend to forget about that. We think of it as something that's good for us, and it is in many ways. However, we still need to understand it is a stressor, and we need to recover from it, and that's really where the magic is. So I personally don't work out 
uh, too late, especially if it's a high intensity workout. I can go rock climbing maybe at 5 p.m. because that's kind of, you know, my heart rate's elevated, but I'm not too jacked up. If I'm doing more of a CrossFit style, high intensity workout, I don't want to do that anytime after like 12, 1 p.m. Because again, similar to the caffeine concept, it's going to affect my sleep quality. And again, you can track this, which goes to our next point. But that's kind of my big answer to your, your question, how all these, the five big things we're talking about here kind of come together. And um, for us, do you have any other questions that you want to ask Bob? Well, I, I wanted to jump in and ask real quick. Um, is, is there something to as too much sleep? Is that going to affect you? Like if, and okay, let's put it, make a two part question. Number one, are we still sticking with seven to eight hours of sleep, which every, every, on an average is what is good for us? And if someone ends up sleeping more than that, is that bad for you? Well, before you answer that, well, before you answer that, I want to add to that. And can you make up sleep? Those are very different questions. So thank you for making it very complicated to answer. Um, I, I think I'll actually address Corona's question first is sleep debt is something that in the research is, is talked about. And, and my understanding of the research shows that it is very difficult to catch up on sleep. So if again, if you uh, and this is what a, a lot of folks do. So if you have a very busy jam packed uh, Monday to Friday, we're going to talk about and, and again, you know, the, the world's changing. Uh, work from home, all that good stuff might be improving our ability to do some of this stuff. But if you have this Monday to Friday, nine to five grind, and again, some people are grinding from eight to eight, uh, whatever that is. So, and they, they do that really hard and they have a Monday to Friday, they're stressed out and they don't sleep very well. The weekend is what a lot of people look forward to because they can catch up on their sleep or they can relax. Um, and the weekend goes by too fast, as a lot of people say. So to answer Corona's question, uh, it just doesn't quite catch up. And no matter what you do, uh, even if you have really good quality sleep on Saturday and Sunday or, or into Saturday and Sunday, technically, uh, it's, it's just never going to catch up, unfortunately. So you should do everything you can to get better, better sleep. You should be moving that. But if you're going to keep digging a hole, again, the, the analogy for me to what you're talking about is you're, you're, you're swiping the credit card. You're getting credit card debt and you're getting uh, interest rates every single, you know, Monday to Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday, even if you're making even more money somehow, uh, and you're starting to wipe down the debt, it's just, it's, it's almost, you're, you're, you're never going to go. If you know the story of Sisyphus, you keep falling down the hill and all that good stuff. So uh, sleep debt is, is a bit of a myth. However, and again, the big takeaway that we're trying to give folks that I, I really want people to walk away with is if you can start improving your sleep habits. And again, Faraz already brought up some, some situations where it's a thing, uh, a, a problem. We talked about how, again, night shift workers, people who work all at night, and we need folks to do that, but it's one of the worst things for your health. So there's just no catching up to it. Even if you have a very good seven to eight hour sleep to kind of tie back to Faraz's question, um, if you're doing it and you're off by some of these other aspects, like the light and the day, uh, it's still going to work against your physiology. Our physiology just doesn't like these things. And that's how disease happens, unfortunately. And that's why we have a lot of modern disease. We've talked about that concept before. I want to make sure I address, or do you want to, I was going to address Faraz's thing. So, Go ahead. so Faraz asked if, if it is still seven, eight hours and can we, I think again, what you're talking about and you've asked about with the Elon Musk thing too. And, and Tim Ferriss talked about this. He's a biohacker. Um, he's all about efficiency. So one of the things is uh, again, and, and we, we talk about tracking your sleep. So theoretically our sleep and our, our rhythms do go in these 90 minute cycles. Okay. So if you can time it perfectly, uh, to do a 90-minute sleep cycle, maybe four or five times a, a, throughout the 24-hour window of your day, you kind of might be able to hack the sleep. But the problem is if you miss one of those cycles, 
you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna mess up and you're playing with fire like a lot of these biohacks um whether it's keto whether it's paleo whatever whatever the thing is you're messing with a lot of things and if you don't do it quite right you could be creating a bigger problem if that makes sense and answers your question for us so i want to make sure i address both of your questions there oh you did for me for us you, you good with it uh the yeah the only thing i wanted to, did you talk about can you something as um let me rephrase that is there something as oversleeping can that negatively oh, impact your body yeah so yeah again i think it, it's going to depend significantly but uh, it really comes down to your body, an ideal thing would be to not set an alarm and let your body wake up whenever it can. Again, most of us do not have that luxury, uh, but a LeBron James who, you know, puts over a million dollars into his body every year between body work and all these other things, uh, he's been rumored to sleep, you know, between nine and 12 hours a night. So if you have a very physically demanding or, or even mentally demanding uh, day and you're very stressed out, and again, something like the Whoop can track that if you want. Um, your body without setting an alarm might sleep 10 hours and, and that's okay. Uh, so if you are naturally sleeping like a 12 hour, or a, you know, again, uh, people have had, you know, Corona gets drunk all the time. Uh, you know, he's got a drinking problem. We got to talk about. And again, I don't mean to make light of that. I, I sorry. I was trying to throw in a little humor, but, uh, but still like if, if, if people are, are again, having less quality sleep and, and that's over again, a 12 hour period. If you, again, I bring up something like having an alcoholic night, where you 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 don't eat, you lose track of time and you wake you know you wake up 16 hours later um you know if you if you really went hard um and so things like that do not really equate to necessarily better health but the point is your body will keep adjusting and trying to tell you hey like i need more sleep that's why sometimes we feel tired we need to be better at listening to those signals so can we oversleep sort of but not really like that's not something I would be worried about. If you have the luxury to oversleep, um, your body should naturally start waking up. And if you are sleeping without an alarm and you're going 10, 12 hours, again, that probably is something to that sleep debt piece. But if you need to be productive in life, um, that's it, it's not going to last. And again, that's a it's a it's like arguing about having too many muscles. Like it takes a long time to be too strong. Like there's very few people in the world, you know, and again, a lot of folks and, and we've talked about this on the fitness thing, Corona, right? Like a lot of women are like, I don't want to be too bulky. I don't want to be yeah. too muscular. Like, okay, well, it takes a lot of work to get to that, you know, CrossFit body um, that we see on, on ESPN or whatever. Well, that that's nine times out of ten the people talking about that aren't going to get there, which you just brought us right into to tracking how the importance of tracking, which is our second point in this. Um you know, you say track, but what am I tracking? Um, and and by the way, just to back up for a second, alcohol, as you get older, if you drink, you don't sleep, just an FYI. Um, so tell me, what am I tracking? Am I just tracking the hours? Am I tracking the quality of sleep? What am I tracking? Um, yeah, and, and, and uh, you got me wanting to go into the aging thing you just kind of joked about, but, okay. but there is... There is a lot there that we might need to touch on. So again, I use the whoop uh, and we'll have a whoop code somewhere below uh, for tracking. Again, some of the other popular trackers right now that are out there, Aura Ring. Uh, I just don't like wearing rings. So I didn't like those. Uh, I didn't want to invest in a ring. Um, I'm married and my wife doesn't like me not wearing a ring, but I generally do not wear a ring. Uh, so <laughs> that's one reason I don't do that. So, uh, but there's the Apple Watch, Fitbits, all these things. So again, I'm going to show a couple things on my uh, thing and hopefully you guys will be able to see it. So this is my uh, recovery score for the day. 
uh, 77% recovered. It, it measures a whole bunch of stuff and it has my sleep down here and I'm going to try to click on, nope, that's the wrong one. Just click on that. So this shows my sleep and how many disturbances I've had. And it tells my respiratory rate, my time in bed, uh, my efficiency. And then down here, it actually has the stages of sleep. So you can see the REM, the deep sleep, uh, how much I was awake and how much I had light sleep. So it's, Again, that's one reason I like the Whoop. I'm not as familiar with the other ones I, I talked about. Um, I don't think that the other ones have as in-depth data on some of these things, and I don't think they're as accurate. The Whoop doesn't even have a, a time on it because all of its processing power is to get the best, most accurate uh, biometrics, as it were. So when we're talking about tracking sleep, before all these things came out, you might just have to like say, I, I got in bed at 10 p.m., and you don't really know when you fell asleep. It's hard to tell. If you get up in the middle of the night to go pee or something like that, you might, you might write that down and check the time. And, oh, it was 2 a.m. I, I did a pee-pee. Um, and then, because everyone says pee-pee. Um, and then, you, uh, then you, you wake up at whatever, 8 a.m. Uh, and that's a 10 hours that you were in bed, theoretically. But you might not have slept for 10 hours. So that's when we can go into looking at this higher level data to say, did I have quality sleep? How much of that was deep sleep? Because that's really the restorative sleep. So when we talk about why we even sleep, um, it's, it's very important to understand we basically are sleeping to kind of reset our bodies up and decompress from the day. And if we don't have enough of that to Faraz's, some of Faraz's questions of, of can we catch up on that? And, and uh, it, the answer is like, if you're not doing that, you're never catching up. You're never cleaning all those things. And if you worked out, um, you know, that deep sleep is actually, we're releasing human growth hormone. That is us taking steroids. If you sleep deep enough, which is why someone like LeBron James prioritizes sleep and can sleep 10 to 12 hours a night. And he's taking sort of natural steroids. And I'm not accusing him of anything. I don't think there's anything controversial about saying that, but uh, human growth hormone is something people take, uh, exogenously, meaning they, they go and they buy it. And especially where Faraz and I met in Dubai, and I, I don't shy away from saying, I know a lot of folks there is a very popular thing for folks to be taken. I don't know if you have st stories about the steroids, but I tell them I've never taken, I never want to take. And, and, you know, uh, but a lot of folks take it. Uh, and it's something that if you can do it naturally, I'm going to, I'd rather prioritize my sleep with a lot less side effects than going and taking something exogenously, which might again, be negatively affecting my long-term health. Perez, what you got for him? So here's the thing, Bo. Not a lot of people can afford Whoop. You know, it, it, is there a way they can track their sleep sleeping habits without investing in a Whoop or a fitness? Again, the, the the poor man's version is write you know piece of paper and a pen or or write it in sand. Whatever you need to do is 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 this is the time I went to sleep. I I woke up twice, you know, and write it down. Have a piece of paper and a pen. Uh, it's, it's, and this is what we used to do back in the day. And this is what sleep researchers did before too, uh, you know, before we had all sorts of electrodes you could put on tracking your heart rate, um, checking your nervous system. So there are some ways you could do that. The other part is, is again, how recovered are you? So like I, sh I showed my thing for the whoop, uh, showed 77%. So it gives me that nice quick thing. It's putting in a lot of pieces into that, uh, for as being someone who's familiar with CrossFit and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, uh, one easy way is having some kind of baseline thing. And I'm sure you've gone into the gym and Corona's had people come to him on, on a training day where you either Corona can see as a trainer or they can see as Faraz is going in to do a workout um, that like, I just don't feel fresh. Yeah. And you can see that if you're experienced enough, 
And you can also feel that, right? You're like, and, and there's ways we can ob objectively look at that of, you know, you can get on a rowing machine and can I easily row for three minutes at like a two oh oh pace, right? If you're familiar with the concept two rower um, and I can do that pretty much any day. And if I go on and I'm struggling to do that and it feels like harder exertion, again, we can get into rate of perceived exertion, uh, you know, all these other aspects of it then I know my nervous system is not doing as good. I'll give another really quick one that I talked about on my podcast yesterday is go down, touch your toes. And so normally if, if right now for as, if you were to go and try to touch your toes and let's say you're pretty flexible or, or you're, you know, you can only get your fingertips to your ankles right now. That's your baseline. And then even in, in, in the, in the workout, right. If you were to go do a BJJ, a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu sparring session. And then at, at the end of that, you went down to try to touch your toes. If you had a good session and it felt like you, you did things the right way, you might be able to go a little further because your nervous system actually like calmed down and it was a, it was a productive set, let's call it. Um, or if you had something and you kind of did something funky to your back, uh, you know, whatever. And, and you know, uh, again, not to pick on Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but Faraz seems to call me every week with a new injury from that sport. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's fine. And so if you were to go down and touch your toes and now you can't quite you're an inch away from your ankle. That tells me your nervous system is not as recovered. So we're going a little in depth on this. So I appreciate your question. And I want to pull back to say, you know, there are different ways to do that. And again, not everyone wants to invest. And I, I pay $18 a month for a whoop. I think they actually raise their prices to now $20 a month is the cheapest plan they have if you pay uh, like a, a year in advance or something like that. So uh, it's not, you know, again, you know, when it comes to financial stuff, it's always like, well, it's less than the cost of a cup of coffee a day or, or whatever the thing is. So, but yeah, you're right. There's definitely other options for assessing I, your body. I got a quick question for you. Um, you. You're talking about the old tracking methods of getting up, um, writing something on a sheet of paper. Is that not going to disturb your sleep in the way you are sleeping when you're yeah. writing stuff yeah, down? Of you're course gonna get it up. is. Okay. Of course it sure. can. Most likely. Yeah. But again, you're, you're asking me, you're putting me in a corner, man. Um, you're asking me what's, <laughs> what's a cheap way to do it uh, without whoop. And that's the only other way to, to do it. And that's how it used to be done back in the day, if you really wanted to. And again, um, you know, it, that's the thing. Yeah. People get worried and get, get uh, anxiety of like, oh, it's 2 a.m. I got to be up in three hours. Like yeah. and you, you, that anxiety builds up because uh, we all know we should be sleeping. And then when we're not sleeping, uh, it can certainly be a negative uh, loop, if you will. So, yeah. 100%. It's negative thing. So, but at Nothing. the same time, if you don't track it, True. you know. Number three, environment. Baraj, you pop off the first question, brother. You know, it's 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 a, one thing that I remember because I know Bo's been picking on my jujitsu skills a lot. <laughs> I have remember... no idea how skillful you are. Well, I'm picking on the sport. I'm skillful. Okay. Um, no, but what, what I wanted to say, I wanted to add is I remember asking Bo, um, you know, is it better for me to go train twice a day or get enough sleep? And I remember Bo telling me, you know, honestly, you can train three times a day and you will probably never get the same result if you just get your accurate sleep number and then even just train once a day or even three times a, a week. But if you're missing that and, and when I did it, I did see a huge difference. So, I mean, I can see that. Um, and, and obviously, thank you for sharing that, Bo. But now when it comes to environment, when it comes to environment, do you think it's, it's important to, um, let's put it this way, when someone is trying to get to sleep and there's a lot of like chaos around you and, and there's just absolutely no, no way to 
you know, uh, bring it down. What do you recommend for those people? Because, you know, like you could be living in the city, you could be living in a city like Corona is in New York City right now. And I've lived in New York City. You have, Bo, you've been in New York City. That, that city never sleeps. It's just like complete chaos. You know, there's a fire truck going by and people are screaming on the streets and yelling on the streets. What do you recommend at that point in time? Uh, our bodies adapt. And I'm sure for folks like Corona and I who have lived in midtown Manhattan for a significant period of time, uh, I actually was joking with, some, with a friend of mine about this is uh, moving somewhere quiet, you almost the white noise of the police sirens and the fire engines almost is, is white noise. And it's almost relaxing to us. I think <laughs> we just adapt to it. And again, our bodies will adapt to some of those things. So there's a, a funny comedian, Mark, uh, Mark Curry, Curry, uh, hanging with Mr. Cooper. And yep. I remember him doing a stand up and he basically said he moved out to the suburbs and it was too quiet. And he had to call the police to, to like, Oh yeah. Woo, as the woo, woo, like, yes, I can go to sleep now. So yeah, there's many things you can do to mitigate, noise pollution which is a term that that gets thrown around is you can have headphones um you know when we get go on airplanes you can have headphones and and again uh, corona was mentioning one of some of the aging habits or things that happen as we age uh you know i actually went to a pretty loud concert uh, a few days ago and and uh i'm only 38 but i was like i should really have like the earplugs because this is loud like <laughs> uh you know and, and we do adapt and if you constantly have that stimulus yeah you can adapt to it but also it might be doing some damage. A lot of folks uh, in a great movie was uh, The Sound of Metal, I believe, uh, where the guy goes deaf from, be, you know, constantly having, you know, being right by the speakers. And there's just that noise pollution adds up, just like a lot of things we're talking about here. Lack of sleep adds up. So when you're in those situations, you have to do everything you can to mitigate that. So that's why we're talking about these foundational aspects, whether it's temperature, whether it's light pollution, uh, whether it's, again, our partner or our, or our pet, uh, whether they're in bed with us, all those things. If you can mitigate that, that's going to, again, put the thing just like our fitness uh, is going to continue to add up and, and move things in the right direction. Just like uh, I always love going to the financial analogy is, you know, you have to diversify your funds. And, and if you, you know, if you if you can make money from different areas, that's great. If you can save money from different areas, that's great. If you can cut your spending, that's great. All the things that are going to move us in the right direction. So, uh, yeah, if you're in a place where it's noisy to answer your question, yeah, you, you can adapt to it to some extent, but you can also do what you can to mitigate it. Again, most New York City apartments, I think if you're if you're new to New York City, when you do go in there, make sure you close everything. And, you know, that's one of the first things I know I would do when I was looking for a new apartment is check how noisy it actually is. And can you even hear the neighbors? Um, and again, one of the things we have here, we have a, we, we, we're in a, um, townhouse townhome. So we have neighbors right uh, through the wall with us. And one of our neighbors is pretty loud at night. And so like, I think he's a gamer or whatever. And so we have to have a white noise machine. You know, we can kind of knock on his thing. Hey, cut, cut the noise. boy. Uh, but like, you know, it's, it's, uh, we just have the white noise machine and that does enough good for us. So again, anything you can do to mitigate, uh, some of those issues. Perez, you got anything else for him? Well, here's here's another thing is when it comes to picking your mattress, how does because I know mattress and pillow play a big role in, in your sleep quality. Mm -hmm. So how do how do you go about a picking one and what do you recommend? Like where, where does one start? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. And again, going to someone like a physical therapist, especially someone who understands the demands of your body uh, and somebody who has experience with sleep like me. Um, is a good thing to do to get a consultation. And it's worth uh, maybe a half hour of their time to talk to somebody uh, and pay that fee to get advised on how to do that. I used to work, uh, and I still kind of consult with a website called mattressclarity.com. 
uh, a lot of those things are going to be determined by your body type by if you know some again folks probably will recognize these terms if you're a hot sleeper or you're a cold sleeper and again uh maha likes it a little bit warmer uh i like it a little bit colder I'm, i'm a very hairy man so um you know those things will will impact that the other piece again if you're a bigger human being uh, you might need a softer mattress just to, to, you know, accommodate to whatever that is. And the other big part of it is the, depends on the positions you like to sleep in. So if you're a side sleeper, you might need more of a medium uh, firmness. If you sleep on your stomach, you might need a really soft firmness because, again, it's going to kind of push up against you. And if you sleep on your back, you can probably deal with any of them. But the more firm is probably going to be the really, really easy solution. So if you're listening to this, great. That's a great place to start. And hopefully we have some answers to your question of like, where do we start? Um, there's some really basic guidelines that are definitely out there that, that we can find and identify and then start to understand what positions we sleep in. And this goes back to having a partner is a lot of times we don't know necessarily what positions we're in all the time. I ask a lot of folks this in my physical therapy exams of them. And they're just like, I don't know. You know, sometimes I'm on my side, I guess. And a lot of people have shoulder issues are sleeping yeah. on their side and then their arms over and then they're pinching through. Uh, there. So that's not great, but there's very limited things we can do about that. But one of the main things we can do is identify what type of sleeper you are and then start to modify that. And one other big part of that, that's very, seems to make sense and is uh, like a sleep number bed, which uh, something that can adjust the firmness. The big thing there is it might be a good thing. And some people do enjoy that. Um, But my caution there is it's pretty much like an air mattress. Um, and it's going to affect both partners. Usually uh, you have to pay a bit more like the sleep system for as was complaining. I didn't get him a discount on, which is not accurate by any means. Um, but anyway, uh, we can talk about that another time. But at the end of the day, fancy ones can kind of change uh, one partner side versus the other partner side and things like that. So that uh, hopefully kind of covers your question. All right. All right. L- listen, man, I, the last, the third, the fourth thing we want to touch on is caffeine caffeine as we keep it moving forward this is a a pretty heavy topic you and i talked about this before bo and i said to you i used to be a quad venti skim latte type of guy taking in about 12 shots of espresso a day for a very long time and all of a sudden i stopped i don't drink coffee at all anymore um explain how and it's not just coffee it can be other drinks also explain the effects of caffeine on the body and sleep Okay. Uh, so the big thing to understand about caffeine, I get thing the majority of the world is familiar that caffeine gives us energy. Um, a couple of things to, to be very aware of here is when you don't have your coffee. And again, I think a lot of people can relate to this and you're, you're, you're feeling tired. Uh, you know, it's been an hour since I've woken up and I haven't had my coffee yet and I'm not quite awake. Uh, that's again, one of those things that, that I try to work with a lot of folks on the same way we talk about food and, you know, again, folks have Indian food or, or uh, beans and rice and, and they have issues in the bathroom. They tend to dissociate the fact that, hey, maybe that meal had that negative effect on me. The same thing with caffeine. We think we, we, we are pretty dependent on caffeine. But if we don't have the caffeine and we're not like feeling good, that's not something that is normal. Uh, and again, a lot of us are, are just OK with continuing to be dependent on caffeine to fuel us. Uh, just like smokers are just like, I just need to smoke for whatever many, many reasons, whether it's psychological, uh, or just physiological that, you know, there's, there's effects on the body. So the big thing with caffeine to understand is, uh, I think it's important to start being aware of 
what effects it has on you. I would say at my highest point of competing in CrossFit, I was probably taking three scoops of pre-wad, which had, I think, close to a total of 500 or 600 milligrams of caffeine. Um, and, and, you know, that was getting me ready for this high level competition and competing and blah, blah, blah. Um, and it really affected negatively my adrenals, uh, and, and it affected my hormones. And I had to go see an endocrinologist after I was kind of done with my competition season because my energy levels and my rhythms of all this, I kind of abused it in that short period. And that was probably the, the closest thing I've done to a performance enhancing drug was a lot of caffeine. Um, and so bottom line is we need to be aware of the effects it has on us on these higher levels. The other part of this question is, is again, what effects does it have on us on a daily basis? And again, our quality of sleep. So for tracking that, and I wasn't tracking and whoop wasn't around when I was doing some of these higher level, um, competing in CrossFit type stuff. So I wish I had had that and been able to see like, Oh, my body's not really recovered. And just because I'm, I'm in the red, uh, you know, I'm only 20% recovered today, which normally would tell me. And if that tells me that in my, on my phone and my app, I'm going to say, I probably need to take it easy today. Whereas if I felt that and trying to listen to my own body in the competition, I'm like, Hey, I have, I have this workout I have to do. My coach said I have to do it. I probably would have just taken another scoop of caffeine, uh, pre-wad and, and, you know, gotten, gotten in there and gotten my workout done, which again, your body can do, but it's just going to keep digging you into a deeper hole just because you have $70,000 of credit available to you from credit cards, uh, does not mean you should be using that. <laughs> you should not use all $70,000 of credit or whatever the number is. So at the end of the day, I think, uh, hopefully that gives us a good picture of what caffeine is. And again, the effects it has on us. Uh, and it's hard to run away from this. And again, as we age, something else you alluded to, it's going to probably have more of a negative effect on us in a lot of ways. And so there's genetic stuff we can talk about here, depending on where you want to go with. Uh, I know I just threw a lot out. So let me no, know. I, I think you did a great job there. But I, my, my question is, you know, you hear people talking about good caffeine. And before I pass this over to the for us, um, green tea, good mm -hmm. caffeine. Uh, well, caffeine. Caffeine is caffeine. For the most part, thank you for, for clarifying that. And so cafe, uh, green tea has other aspects that might be beneficial for our health. Uh, again, black coffee might have good aspects to our health. But again, that's within reason of 100 milligrams maybe is something that that dosing is going to be a, an issue. Uh, black tea has caffeine. Uh, monster energy drinks have caffeine. It really comes down to what else is in there that we talk about. So yes, and, and then on top of all that, uh, caffeine will have other effects on our bodies physiologically. Again, it can block certain signals. It's going to obviously affect how our brain functions. Um, and again, be, we, if we become too reliant on it, that's the issue. So green tea, uh, it also, again, eight ounces of green tea is very different than eight ounces of black coffee. So the serving size is something else that people tend to forget about and understand that, uh, again, green tea might only have 35 milligrams of caffeine. Uh, whereas a uh, same amount of black coffee might have 100 milligrams of caffeine. So it's important to start putting the math into that uh, if you're starting to really pay attention to some of these things. So, yeah, at the end of the day, it, it, it might hit you a little differently, but it also comes into what it's getting eaten with. And, and again, you know, now we're talking about creatine might block some of the effects of caffeine and caffeine might be blocking some of the effects of creatine if you're supplementing. And that's, you know, a whole nother thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how the body works. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's complicated. Faraz, tell me, give so, me something. So does it make sense? Because we know like decaf is a thing. And I also know that, you know, decaf technically does, does not mean zero caffeine. There is a certain amount of caffeine depending on what 
drink you choose, um, tea or coffee, it'll, the, the, the amount of caffeine will vary. But if that's the case, if caffeine is going to have a negative af- um, you know, effect on our sleep uh, schedule or pattern, is it just better to just stick with decaf? Uh, it's really, it really depends, again, who you are, what, what, uh, what you're trying to get out of that day. So uh, if you're going to have you know, dinner time espresso, uh, which is very common. Almost every Italian restaurant I've been to is something, you know, Turkish restaurants, things like that. They, it's common to have a little espresso as a di- digestif. Um, and so understanding, again, your individual genetics, uh, where if you're a fast metabolizer or a slow metabolizer, that's really the answer to your question. So it's irrelevant if you have decaf or not. But if I wanted to have coffee, uh, after 2 p.m., then maybe, yes, I would do decaf. And yes, generally for uh, something that would normally have 100 milligrams of caffeine, a decaf version of the same black coffee might have only three milligrams, which is next to nothing. But again, the only way to tell some of these things is to track it uh, and see if it does affect your sleep. If I have a decaf uh, coffee at, you know, again, 10 p.m. or 8 p.m. And, and if, if I can still have really high quality sleep, it's possible but again, a lot of that's genetics. And again, it's also a matter of risk mitigation. So, uh, you know, just like I don't want to walk down a shady neighborhood in the middle of the night, uh, it's going to increase my chances of getting robbed. I don't really want to have any kind of caffeine, whether it's decaf. And again, some people, it's the placebo of even smelling the decaf coffee. Uh, it still might have the same physiological effects where it might negatively impact your sleep rhythms that we're talking about that first point of circadian rhythms the same way again if you just have you know blue light hitting you and you're watching tv or you even have like a flashlight that the blue light gets into your eyes it's just negatively going to affect your sleep so all these little things can certainly affect our sleep including something like decaf coffee faraj you have any other thing you want to ask him Uh, i think bo answered it pretty well that's great bo that was bad let's talk on our fifth takeaway which is this supplement effect you know Everybody's taking something to get some sleep. I can't do it. I'm going to take this. Um, Let's start with melatonin. Let's start there. And the abuse maybe of melatonin and Ambien and all those other things. Uh, Yeah, I won't jump to calling it abuse just yet. But (laughs) the, again, uh, modern living tends to, like uh, Faraz alluded to, a lot of folks have trouble sleeping. It's a major, major, major problem with, I think why we've seen such raises and rises in, in the levels of disease uh, in modern life. And again, uh, we said it on another podcast and I like the quote, so I'll repeat it is uh, we, we are not designed for this modern world. We have these diseases of modern living. It's not just, uh, you know, caffeine or light or, or computers. It's a combination of all this stuff that our bodies just aren't used to. And so when people, you know, want to go and live in the woods, uh, that's kind of, kind of part of that. So uh, melatonin, uh, specifically, what I want to talk about there is uh, the fact that, and I just went on Amazon to look at what's available for melatonin. And, uh, you know, one of the top results had about three milligrams per pill. Uh, And most people are just going to take that at least one pill, or they're going to see what the serving size and recommended dosage is. Three milligrams will probably do the thing that the company wants to happen, which is going to knock you out. Um, And that's where, again, the tracking is a pretty big deal of, uh, am I getting quality sleep and getting restorative deep sleep? And you asked about what the whoop looks at. That's one of the things it looks at versus am I just, is it knocking me out? And did I just have eight hours of being unconscious, but no real restorative sleep? It was maybe all light sleep or maybe, uh, you know, little bits of deep, but not enough to really make a difference. 
So three milligrams is a lot. Uh, the generally recommended, especially if you're starting out on melatonin, if you have some sleep issues and you're just trying to use it as a tool to improve your quality of sleep that day, or, or if you're traveling, this is somewhere where you might want to utilize it because jet lag is a thing and there are other ways we can mitigate it. But the generally recommended place to start is only 0.5 milligrams, maybe up to one milligram. But if you're taking three milligrams already and you're just popping them like candy, uh, yeah, that becomes a problem. You also asked about Ambien, uh, same kind of thing. Ambien's a much more powerful knock you the F out. Um, and, and at the end of the day, that's all it, it's really doing. It's never improving all these other things we're talking about. The reason these supplements are the fifth thing we're talking about, the last thing, is because they should all be last tiers of maybe trying to help improve your sleep if you're struggling with, uh, as Faraz alluded to, some of these lifestyle things that we just have trouble improving upon. But if you're not addressing diet and lifestyle, then yeah, maybe we do have to, you know, deal with supplements. But if you are just not addressing diet and lifestyle because you don't want to or you don't know, hopefully this is giving you the information of how you can improve your diet and lifestyle. Back to melatonin for one second. I mentioned it on our quick uh, pod version of this is something like tart cherry juice can significantly improve your natural ability to fall asleep and improves your melatonin uh, release. Another big thing is how we breathe. So do you have a breathing practice uh, that kind of ties into sleep environment and sleep hygiene of just understanding the environment is all good, but also maybe I need to, this is the time to foam roll, to do deep breathing into my belly. If I'm breathing in my chest and my upper shoulders, which is where most people breathe, I do a lot of these assessments over the course of my career. And most people breathe up there. That's your fight or flight. That's your nervous system being in fight or flight or freeze. Um, and that's not a place we want to be. That's where your cortisol is still getting jacked. That's why the term tired and wired is still a thing. And that comes into magnesium and that and we can't just balance out. Uh, we're not that good at pharmacology. And, and, you know, you as an individual listening to this probably don't know how much melatonin you should be taking versus how much caffeine you should be taking versus again, all these other factors. So it just becomes this open, big, wide web. So when you do take those deep breaths, which I'm going to do right now. And if you can take them into your belly, that's literally massaging your vagus nerve, which sends a signal to your brain and takes you from fight or flight to rest and digest and gets you calmed down. So you should have a, a pattern, a routine to get you into a better state of sleep. And we talked about that cortisol rhythm. That's how we make sure we're really winding down. We, we use those terms. And again, anyone who's a parent uh, knows that, Hey, we, we better get these kids to calm down, <laughs> you know, Oh, don't feed them the sugar. It's going to, it's going to wake them up and they're going to be up all night or whatever. So, uh, we understand these things inherently, but, uh, coming, coming up with the melatonin ambient, all that stuff, it, it comes back to the fact that if we don't have all these other pieces in order, um, these supplements are something that are there, but we should try to avoid that and use it as a last ditch effort as much as possible. For us. So, Bo, here's the thing. I mean, you, you've shared a lot of great insight when it comes to sleep and tracking and why it's important. Um, and I'm sure I don't think anyone will disagree why, you know, that we should not be sleeping. We should be sleeping. Um, but if someone wants to start their journey in, you know, bettering their sleep, one, what are some of the things they need to look out for? What are some, what are some of the big symptoms they need to look out for? Look, okay, this is impacting the reason why i am not being able to do this is because my sleep is not right that's one two is where are they gonna start like where what's what is it getting that environment right is it food is it cutting down caffeine what are, what is the first thing they need to address right away 
I think it's, it's list, you know, if, if they've listened to this episode, they have to figure out what they can change. Uh, you know, maybe buying a new mattress is a big jump. Um, you don't necessarily have to do that. So again, if some, if it's within your reach to light proof your room, to remove a TV, to maybe get the phone out of the room. So you have less distraction, put it in sleep mode. So you're not getting disturbed. Just the, the intention of prioritizing your sleep is I think the mindset. So one answer. So your question, I might've been making some faces you were asking, cause I was trying to, um, synthesize your question. So the, the thing I talk about and I've uh, touched on in some of my social media stuff as well is uh, when I talk about the five uh, uh, factors of fitness, right? One of the big ones is mindset. And one of the biggest things that I think people can change to your question is the first place they should start is changing their identity because it's not enough to have a New Year's resolution. Almost everyone listening to this probably knows your New Year's resolutions tend to fail. I want to lose 15 pounds or I want to get in the gym four times a week. If you don't have a plan in place, A, that's going to set you up for failure. But B, the identity is the thing that is hard to overcome. And so, again, people are like, oh, Bo's such a fit guy. He's just he's that's he's fit. Like that's his thing. He's a fitness guy um, or physical, th whatever the, the term is. And, yeah, I do have that in my mindset of like I enjoy working out. I am going to work out. I am the type of person who is physically active. We moved to Colorado. Uh, you asked how Colorado is doing. We moved here to be more physically active and have access to more fun stuff, skiing and, and rock climbing and all this stuff. So the first place to answer your question for us, we already gave a bunch of different things. So people have to figure out where they can make those changes. Um, but I think it's changing your identity to change to, hey, I am the type of person who will prioritize my sleep. Okay, so I, I'm no longer going to sacrifice, you know, uh, Netflix or whatever, or I need to now set an alarm at 9 p.m. I am the type of person who is. And, and again, some people hate these people. And you can think of these people if you're listening and you're like, man, I hate that. He's oh, he can't come out tonight because, you know, he's got to be in bed by nine. And like he prioritizes sleep and his health. And there's like this almost fit shaming that goes on that we talk about. And so the identity is, is a difficult thing to wrap around, uh, wrap your head around. And so. Uh, and it's a hard thing to to get to the point of. But again, somebody who pays me money to coach them is somebody who now should be moving in that direction of like, I'm somebody who now paid to improve my health. And Dr. Bo is going to help me improve my health. And now I'm the type of person who is willing to go to sleep by 10 p.m. And I don't need to set an alarm now because I'm I'm now that type of person who lives this type of life. And because I go out, and walk my dog and have 15 minutes of sunlight. And I am, I understand the importance of that. I am now the type of person who's going to sleep better. So all of these little changes are going to uh, add up, but it comes back to identity for me is, is really the answer to your question. Hopefully not too uh, aloof or a foot or too far from people's um, understanding there. So as we're, as we're winding down for us, do you have any, any other questions on this topic or do you want to kind of do like a little quick rapid fire Maybe a two-minute thing before we wind this thing down. Well, how about we try a, a quick rapid fire? All right. You, go ahead, my friend. You start it. All right. Okay. Um, quick, Bo. Quick, Bo. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to answer the lack of question? <laughs> All right. So um, good mattress or good pillow? That's what – You want me to one, choose which between one, which, yeah, one, which one would you go for? Yeah. Uh, rapid fire the, the mattress. Okay. Any supplements? Any specific supplements? Tart Any supplements? Tart cherry juice. Okay. 
for us. Um, what about um, eight, eight ounces of tart cherry juice a day, especially if you're a, a hard hitting athlete? Are we switching off the phone or taking out the television from the room? Tel television. Uh, I'm going to switch to phone because you just you don't want to get like a work email or anything that's going to stress you out. So, but yeah, do both. But yeah, if I can't sleep, do I need, do I need to go see a doctor? Probably yes. Or, or it doesn't have to be a medical doctor, but yeah, that's the easy answer. But find a specialist. Uh, there are doctors and, again, folks like me who can specialize or at least guide you into what you need to do. But yes, go see somebody who knows what they're talking about. Not, not an Instagram sleep expert. <laughs> you two are on Instagram as well. But I don't call myself a sleep expert. <laughs> All right. Sleeping with clothes on or off, does that affect your sleep? It does affect because you want your core temperature. And again, uh, I mentioned the Andrew Huberman uh, podcast. You want your core temperature to be as cool as possible. So as much as possible, you need to balance out being comfortable. But yes, I'm, I'm happy to report I, I sleep in the nude at all times uh, and have for a very, very long time. So uh, it's just a control of your body temperature. So uh, on top of the, the, you know, hopefully being able to control the temperature of the room, uh, naked is the best way to go. Sleep alone or with a partner? With a partner is going to generally be better. Loneliness has a lot of negative physiological effects. Uh, so partner generally will, uh, as long as they're not snoring and really disrupting your sleep or waking up very early and disrupting your sleep because they have things to do, um, a partner is going to have a significantly more physiological benefits from release of serotonin, endorphins, all that good stuff. Sleeping position, does that matter? It does matter. We talked about it with the mattress question that you asked about. 100% matters. That was your question. That is the answer. Wow. It matters. He asked if it matters. It matters. Yes. Uh, the one thing you didn't really talk about real quick that you kind of touched on, the importance of magnesium. Uh, it's not. It is important. It, it, it's been uh, declining from our food system, which we can get from certain foods, including leafy greens. Um, and because of the nature of the soil in this country, especially uh, in most countries, it's been declining in our natural food supply. So supplementation with magnesium is probably one of the best things we can do. Uh, we talked about it on the quick one. Again, there's many, many types of magnesium. So it's important to do your research or get somebody to help you understand which types of magnesium might be most beneficial for you. Obviously, again, you should be trying to get it from your natural food sources. But if you are on any, any kind of restricted diet, again, now we're, we're talking about a limited uh, access to bioavailability of getting those minerals. I work with LMNT, uh, which has 60 milligrams of magnesium in every single, uh, sorry, it's 200 milligrams of, caf of magnesium and 60 milligrams of potassium. I might have that mixed up right now. Sorry. Uh, you guys, you guys caught me on that one. Um, but still it has magnesium, potassium, and sodium, which are three of the top things that we tend to be deficient in, especially if you're trying something like a low carb lifestyle. But again, most of our food supply, except for the sodium, the standard American diet, fast food tends to be too high in sodium. But if you're eating healthy and you're trying to eat healthy, you tend to be too low in sodium and sodium, especially if you're doing a workout or two a day, like for uh, you probably need to be increasing your sodium in a healthy way. So a supplement like LMNT, is a fantastic way to do that, including magnesium. So magnesium is a very good thing. That's what Epsom salt, by the way, is. If anyone's done an Epsom salt bath, you're actually soaking in magnesium. Also, if you do a float tank, 
uh, that's also very magnesium rich water. And the first time I ever did that, I felt like I was legitimately afterwards. Like it just, it was, it, it, it caught every little possible deficiency. So if you really want to super dose the magnesium, go do a float tank because you're literally absorbing it through your skin is a better way to absorb magnesium than orally. Faraz, close us out with the last question. Give it to us. Uh, Corona said sleeping with partner or not. And you both recommended partner. What about yes. sleeping with pet? Again, similar concept, as long as the pet is not kicking and, and you know, just as long as they're not disturbing your sleep, uh, sleeping with a pet or a partner is generally going to release endorphins. It's a connection. We all crave connection. Uh, so, yeah, especially if it's a pet you love, I assume, I hope. Well, well, Bo, you know, thank you so much for taking time with us for this past hour. Um, let's take away the five takeaways again. Circadian rhythm. Circadian rhythm. I'm sorry about that. Um <laughs> Tracking is number two. Number three is your environment. Number four is caffeine. And number five is supplementation. Those are our five takeaways in our sleep. Bo, do you have any final words? I want to throw it back to you guys. I know you asked me a bunch of questions. Corona, what's your biggest takeaway from this hour that you, if somebody were to ask you, hey, how'd that sleep episode go? Like, what was your biggest takeaway? My biggest takeaway is... It's not, it, it's not as easy as people make it out to be. Just don't lay your head on the pillow right. and you can go to sleep. Um, I've lived my life many, many years of sleeping with the TV on. Now I'm putting the timer on so it shuts off. But um, I slept for many years on that low end and I was always tired. Um, as I get older, uh, sleep has become much more vitally important for me. So I, I've taken a lot from this um, stuff that I didn't know um, I've learned. Um, just doing this and getting prepared with this with you. And I just, you know, I, it's, I think it's very productive for us. Well, I'm going to go to sleep right after this, but. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I put you to sleep. Sorry. No, but I think, <laughs> but what I'm going to do is, um, you know, if it's, it's, it's very simple now for me, at least when it, when it comes to working out or choosing sleep, that is, if I haven't had enough sleep, then I will go and sleep. And, uh, and a follow-up question for both of you is uh, each of Corona first, what is your biggest takeaway as, as Faraz kind of asked that question? What one change are you going to make after this conversation? Oh, I think turning the TV off. I think um, I, the phone doesn't really bother me, but I do. I'm so used to being in New York and using the TV as white noise that that's how I use the TV for me. It's living here. Um, I would also suggest if you live in New York, live in the back of the building. There's less, there's less noise. Um, but with that being said, I, I think you don't really, really think about the intricacies of what you need to sleep and how important that recovery is for your body. That would be my biggest takeaway. Faraz, what about you? Biggest take, biggest change you're going to make based on this conversation other than falling asleep right after we're done? I am going to get myself a nice pillow. <laughs> I did invest in a good mattress, but I did invest in a, in a good pillow. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, thank you guys for sharing that. And guys, thank you very much for joining us for episode 12. Remember, we are here to be your consumer guide um, in the health and fitness space. 12, 12, 12. Thank you very much for joining the Demand Better podcast. Faraz, thank you for always joining us. And Bo, thanks for all the information. Come and check us out in two weeks. We'll see you soon. Bye. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. That's, share with oh, someone right. who you think would benefit from this. Yeah, I forgot about that. Check Sorry out about it's that. Faraz Javed over there. Some no, there, over over there. That that way. Yeah, it's Faraz Javed. 
Like, subscribe, share. Sorry about that. Y'all have a good day. Comment, leave a rating, review. Get 1% better. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.